When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What magazine. And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. This is your official weekly Metallica podcast, the only inside source, bringing you all the news from the band's HQ and studios deep in the heart of Northern California. This week, we're going to continue looking back at the M72 tour, this time with the help of James Hetfield. And we'll be sitting down with Five Finger Death Punch's Zoltan Bathory and Chris Kale to hear the ethos behind one of M72's righteous guests. We're also going to check in with the latest on the Metallica marching band competition for whom the band tolls. Plus, we've got all the details about Giving Tuesday and all the things that All Within My Hands has going on to celebrate. But first, Steph, I have to tell you, I was going down the YouTube rabbit hole as you very do good, very instead good. of working or maybe working i don't know uh <laughs> when i came across this show that metallica played today this day back in nuremberg germany in 1992 and man oh man they did a version of whiplash that was probably the fastest i've ever seen it's so <laughs> good great i know the version you're talking about it's from the frankenhaller and by the way i've just got to say i mean work <laughs> <laughs> i know right <laughs> pretty good i love that it is actually DVD number three on the uh, enormous Black Album remastered box set, which was put together by our very own HQ curator and deep dive detail guru, Dan Nikolaiko, and Black and Recordings story resurrector and project manager extraordinaire, Eleni Soltis. Man, those two and, and the whole Blackened Recordings team uh, never miss a trick or a track with those box sets. Uh, you know, Renee, we are going to have to get to the bottom of how they go about the forensics for these projects on a pod at some point in the not too distant future. Definitely. I would love to dig in with them to learn about the process. I just have this visual of like uh, them solving a crime and there are post-its everywhere and string attaching things. So I, I would love to dive in with them at some point. I have such a respect for, for this music and the history and, and they do too. So it's cool. Oh yeah. They, they sure know what they're doing. That is unquestionable. Should we get this show moving and, and share a little bit of that whiplash for people? Yeah. Only the fast parts. I think we can manage that. It's so cool hearing Jason Newstead throwing down some aggro there. 
Anyway, to M72 land now. And look, it should be no secret at all that we've been speaking to the guys since the tour started. You know, the interviews are most certainly longer than we've had time to broadcast. And the good news there is that when we want to sit back and take this broader view on how M72 came together, we do have these exclusive takes from the band themselves. Yeah. And and back at MetLife Stadium in August 4th and the 6th, which was actually my first M72 gig that I went to. And I know for me and probably others can agree, seeing that stage for the first time was a total trip. So we thought we'd go back to when Steph sat down with James and hear from him how the damn thing came from concept in the first place at guess where? We actually did lay it out here in this stadium that we're at right now at MetLife in the Meadowlands. We walked it out and when you're on tour, kind of walking around like uh, traffic cones going, okay, here's where the mic's going to be. Here's where the drum's going to be. And here's where this is going to be. It's like, I guess that looks okay. Sure. And then all of a sudden someone's building it and we're on it. So at first it felt a little intimidating, overwhelming. Had them put up quite a few more microphones because it was easier to kind of, you know, all right, I got 12 steps to get from this mic to that mic (laughs) uh, between the verses and Master of Puppets. How does that work? You know, so there were little little things like that that had to be worked out. But at the end of the day, what I love about it most is that it makes the stadium seem like an arena. It brings everyone in the way it's lit, the way it's taken up most of the floor. It is. Uh, The crowd is a major part of this. You know, they're definitely our loudest instrument that we have, and they are represented well in this. So I think viewing this from the very top, it might look just like a giant arena. So keeping the intimacy, but also encompassing the space was the challenge. Absolutely mad, right? I mean, I get it. Cones for placement would certainly give you a footprint. Like you, you'd understand the the size maybe, but it would, it would hardly prepare you for the physicality of the actual build. And that's something that unsurprisingly took the band some time to get to grips with. But as James explains, the M72 production did bring some strong help for them in that regard. Definitely. And we have to take our you know age into consideration here but going from one side to the stage to the other side of the stage doesn't necessarily have to happen all you have to do is turn around most of the time and let those cameras do a lot of the work i think what we've discovered is you know we're used to like a stadium or like a festival where everyone just okay spread out (laughs) cover all bases and Let the cameras do the work more on this so we can hang out together. We don't have to spread out. We hang out around the drum kit. You know, people want to see us together playing. So understanding that, like I think we were talking earlier, it's like the fans choose where they want to be on the stage. And hey, if you don't get to see the whole band all the time, are you pissed off? Well, you can be, but it's where you chose to stand and where you chose to be. Maybe another time you'll be in a different spot, but we try to cover it as best as possible, but also we need to be together and play to get a, a vibe that there's a band. But as far as the physicality goes, there's a few more intro tapes that the fans will probably notice because it takes us time to get back to change guitars or you know, there's no real backstage, you know, it's, we hop off the stage, we're in the trenches with our techs around the edges of this giant 72 season donut. And so changing guitars, figuring out, you know, where certain things are supposed to be. It's almost like a play. It's almost worked out more like a play. This visual is going to happen here. Here's an intro. Here's where this drum kit comes up. Okay. 
you know, divide the stage into quarters to take it and, you know, how do you eat an elephant? A bite at a time, you know? So that's kind of what we're doing with this stage. So yeah, my roadie needs to basically had to put his jogger shoes on to kind of help me out a little bit. I just remember thinking pedometers would be (laughs) really cool just to see how many steps or in fact miles that they walked per M72 gig. And the other thing that stood out as I did see the the stage for myself for the first time and talk with a few fans about it at MetLife specifically and at other shows actually, was how low portions of the stage were and how low some of the barriers were. And as James explains, that was no accident. The low barrier is, I mean, I'd, I'd play the whole show there. Or if the whole stage was like that, that would be fantastic. But I get it. We gotta have drum kits underneath. We gotta have sound and all the stuff underneath it. You know, it is like a it's like this crazy racetrack. You know, it's got ramps, it's got stairs, it's got, you know, obviously places where the fans are able to come in and out of the snake pit. And it's always important to me to have a low, low spot where you know, it's like the freaking old Waldorf in San Francisco. I mean, I remember that place. The stage was so low that the fans had to get on their knees to headbang because they were too close and they were because they'd get pushed onto the stage. But I do love that. I love that feeling of, wow, any one of these people could just run up on the stage and cause havoc, but they don't because they're enjoying this moment. There's a lot of beauty in this stage and the way the fans get to see us in different angles and whatnot but yeah it is my favorite spot and i just love watching james get down and low and having that exchange with the fans and it's it's such a pure thing it's so feral actually it's great a really good vibe and you know really you have to say that the m72 production overall is an extraordinary achievement remember we all get to have fun with it again starting in May 2024 in Munich. That's right. And as I said already, in, you know, in the meanwhile, we'll be heading back in to break it down further on future pods. That's for sure. We're going to give a quick moment to our sponsors. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And guitar lovers, of course, you know, Kirk Hammett's Greenie is available for the world to enjoy. Well, 
sort of. In partnership with Gibson Custom Shop, Epiphone has collaborated with Kirk to create the new Epiphone inspired by Gibson, Kirk Hammett's Greeny 1959 Les Paul Standard. Kirk worked closely with the team to make sure that this model has the same sound and it has the same feel as his legendary original Greeny. And it's just it's just a very cool collaboration. And I think now it's time, Renee, for us to move to one of the special guests that we've had on M72. Let's go check in with Five Finger Death Punch. So in Detroit, we were finally able to catch up with M72 special guest, Five Finger Death Punch. And I sat down with Zoltan Bathory, lead guitarist and founder member, and Chris Kale. One of the first things you realize is that Zoltan's a multifaceted powerhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about an active martial artist who competes in jiu-jitsu and judo. He was a jiu-jitsu American Nationals 2021 silver medalist. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, this, this, guy's, this guy's something. He's also a founding board member of the Veterans Nonprofit Home Deployment Project in Las Vegas, and he sits on the board of advisors at Vetpaw, a veterans empowered to protect African wildlife. <sighs> and that's, that's an awesome. anti-poaching organization operating on the African continent composed of U.S. combat veterans. And we haven't even got to the fact that this guy can play guitar and write songs uh you know he has what i can only describe as a pure life force and energy when it comes to simply getting things done and you know he's he's a very unique and singular vibe from him and i think a lot of people think that five finger death punch are a major label act and that they behave in sort of a corporate way but you know you sit with zoltan it's obvious that nothing could be further from the truth He's always been this fiercely independent, active guy, and they've always been a fiercely independent group. And I'm going to let him explain that a little further. It's always been a massive misconception when it comes to the press, when it comes to the audience, because this band grew really quickly. We connected to the fans and our growth was exponential. And everybody thought that there must be some kind of an industry going, coming in here with suitcases of cash and they made us, right? And that's exactly the opposite of the truth. The first record was literally created in my bedroom. The, the whole record, every single guitar, bass, everything was recorded in the bedroom. I mean, it was, it was a low desk and a computer and just minimal amount of equipment. And we did everything there. And then on the end, we went to a better studio to catch the drums and then the vocals and then went back to the home and finished it there. So it's a homemade record. That, that record is almost platinum now, right? So you can do it. Everybody can do it. Like the technology allows you to. And we signed to an independent label where we were the only band on the label. And it never really changed. We never had a major label deal. It was the band never had tour support. So basically what we did, we designed our own merch, like I designed most of the merch and uh, we had our own merch guy on the road, right? And we were just selling our merch and the merch would support the band. And so all the way, like right now, I mean, obviously we are here and it's, it's been always like that. It was always an independent band. I mean, we see bands on tours like this and automatically assume that there's this tour support and some major label behind them, helping them along. But these guys are literally doing what they do because the fans buy their stuff and buy their music. And that, that sort of single track determination takes hunger. And here Zoltan explains what I think is as true a meaning of sacrifice to the cause as you'll hear anywhere in rock and roll. Check it out. 
I didn't have a bed. I didn't want to buy a bed frame. So I had a mattress, right? And I had, I didn't want to buy furniture. So I only had what was necessary. So it was just studio equipment, a studio desk with my chair and an extra chair. That's it. Because I felt like I don't want to get comfortable. I don't want to have an anchor. I want to go on the road. I want to be a musician. This is what I want to do. I mean, I was in a, a musician my whole life, but you know, but I felt like if I, if I get comfortable, then it's not going to happen. So I had a very Spartan lifestyle that this is all I wanted to do, right? So literally, I didn't buy furniture, so that, that, that was it. Just a desk, a studio equipment, a chair, that's it. You can take the, uh, the boy out of hungry. <laughs> can't take the hungry out of the boy, though. <laughs> you know, and let's not forget Chris here as well. Chris is a, a stand-up guy, super friendly, super nice, and talented as well. You have to be talented to work with Zoltan, for sure. And it was very cool to hear Chris explain how Five Finger Death Punch work as a collective under Zoltan's guidance and planning, plus how Zoltan's martial arts skill and mindset have helped Five Finger Death Punch prosper, whatever the obstacles have been. That's a, that's a martial arts mindset, kind of. You know, when you look at life as a, as a martial artist, which I was always a martial artist since I was nine years old, you don't see things are, as obstacles. You see them as challenges. Because, you know, I have to go out to the mat or, you know, and I have to fight somebody. This is not an obstacle. This is a challenge. And whatever happens on this mat, I can get into a bad situation. Well, I have to fight my way out of it. I have to figure out a way. So there's always a way. And, and eventually it becomes almost like a Pavlovian reflex. I don't even think about it. And there's an obstacle. I'm already thinking about a thousand ways to escape it. And then when you get masterful with it, then it's not even just, I'm in a bad situation, so I have to figure out a way around it. But I'm in a bad situation. I am going to change it to use it against my opponent. So out of a sudden, you become a very good uh, crisis manager when you take a crisis and make it into a positive. Not just avoid a crisis, but how do I make this actually a thing, right? So when there's bad news, find an angle and amplify it. It's, it's news, you know what I mean? So when we had haters, awesome. You know, we need those guys because they're talking about the band. Just don't misspell the band's name. Other than that, say whatever you want. I don't care, you know? So that's kind of how we operated. Like it was really a homemade project and, and it always remained that independent. Nobody ever messed with us. I think it's pretty clear, Renee, that we'll have to sit down with Zoltan again in 2024 at some point because <laughs> there's a lot more stuff to get into. Dude, no doubt. I mean, we could do multiple shows on his extracurricular activities alone. He's fascinating to me. This will be the last tear I shed for you. And real quick, you guys, Giving Tuesday just happened. We've got a few things going on that are beyond the actual day, which was November 28th, that support the work of All Within My Hands, from limited edition items in the merch store to this Fandium sweepstakes that we just launched. You could win a trip to see M72 from the Snake Pit in Madrid. We're sending you to Spain for this. It's super cool. And you could do this for like as little as $10 to enter the sweepstakes. So get on that. We also have this monthly auction that's going to extend a little longer than usual because we have this pretty interesting M72 commemorative football helmet. And it marks the record-breaking sold-out M72 shows that happened at SoFi in LA in August. So the best thing for you to do is go to allwithinmyhands.org. You can see all the Giving Tuesday items and you can get in on the fun there. Yeah, by the way, you probably could have done with a football helmet at the SoFi shows in LA <laughs> uh, in the snake pit. 
Well, before we leave, the marching band competition is going. It's great. And you can vote on your favourites at MetallicaMarchingBand.com. But we'll have James tell you all about it, right? Because his voice is kind of cooler. Hey there, friends. It's James here. Earlier this year, we invited all marching bands to participate in the first ever Metallica marching band competition. And you answered in a major and majorette way. The response has been incredible with over 400 participating bands from high schools, colleges, and universities of all sizes from nearly every state in the country. We would like to personally thank the schools, the band directors, the music teachers, the staff, and most of all, every single marching band member for taking Metallica's music and reinterpreting it and making it your own. We can't wait to see your submissions and to announce the winners in each category in early January. And we are out of time again, folks. Just enough time to say do check out Kirk Hammett chatting with one of our Pantheon podcast siblings on the Metal Mayhem ROC pod about the old school days. And until next week, see ya. ya. The Metallica Report is produced by Metallica HQ, Pantheon Media and PopCult. If you like what we're doing here, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to visit Metallica.com slash podcast to submit your questions, offer your thoughts and become a part of this podcast. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.